When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Is Sean Payton actually any closer to getting the Denver Broncos to somewhat, even a step or two closer to what they're facing tonight in the Kansas City Chiefs? It is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80. Chris Carlin, Joseph Anthony Arthur, Montavious Fortenbaugh is my partner, and he is with us. Good morning, Joseph. Good morning, Christopher. How is your technological setup going right well, now? Joe, in the build-up to this show, there were issues aplenty, from what I understand. Frankly, Joe, not great, and it's nobody's fault. Uh, well, I mean, I, it, I could It could be your fault. People. It could be directly your fault. It could be, but I, I don't think it is. I'm going to choose <laughs> okay. to say it's sure. nobody's fault, because I woke up today, and I turned on my little machine here, and there was just a massive buzz. And that's not good for radio, Joe. That's no. not good. Yeah, no, we all had the pleasure of listening to that for the 25 minutes in the lead into this. So mm-hmm. thank you for treating us to the experience you were enjoying in New Jersey this morning. Well, I'm so glad everything is so perfect out in Las Vegas for you. Isn't that nice? <laughs> It's not. I think I ticked off everyone on first take this morning. I went on with my Phillies, uh, Philly fanatic hat. I thought I was playing a joke. I started busting chops. It seemed like it did not land well. We were doing a post-mortem, me, Evan, and the handman this morning, as to whether or not the hit landed. It feels all the way around like it was a big swing and a miss. Oh, see, that's the worst. Big swing and a miss. That is absolutely the worst when you have that feeling of, you're out there. Did you feel crickets when you were out there? Did you, oh, yeah. We yeah. like, let oh. me test this mic. Is this on? Hello? Is oh, this yeah. Working? Opened, opened with a joke, which, which did not land. Followed up with another joke, a little bit of insult humor. That didn't land. And then I thought, oh, my God, we haven't even gotten into the segment yet. I'm 0 for 2. Everyone feels awkward. So we got through it. We threw out three bets that I'm pretty sure are all going to lose, given how things are going today. And uh, and then we moved on to you, your technological issues, and radio. It's well, been a delight. You, it's a hell of a Thursday. Don't you feel more comfortable now knowing you've got somebody back who you, you can absolutely insult as much as possible? Well, that's the beauty of radio is it feels like those of us with radio in our blood, we know that on a daily basis – Almost minute by minute, we are embarrassing ourselves. It feels like that's just kind of what we do. People think we talk about sports. Not really. Depending on how long your show is, you're just out there embarrassing yourself for an extended period of time. Meanwhile, meanwhile, when you're on TV, it's quite the opposite. Quite the opposite. So to make the bridge from radio to TV, you have to clean your act up a little bit. I don't think I did that today. Well, listen, we all have down days, and hopefully you can climb out of that hole throughout the course of the next couple hours. I am here to make you feel better, and we want you to be a part of the Carlin versus Joe Nation. On the Dr. Pepper Carlin line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper the one fans deserve. You know, Joe, we were talking about this before the show. 
Sean Payton and Russell Wilson have caught an awful lot of attention over the first several weeks of the year, understandably so, based on Sean Payton's comments about Nathaniel Hackett and the job that he did, based on our curiosity as to whether or not the Russell Wilson-Payton relationship was going to work. And now the Broncos find themselves in this deep hole trying to climb their way out of it. And Payton was brought here to close this gap with the Kansas City Chiefs. And these two teams meet tonight. And, Joe, they go into the game. Yesterday, we're talking about the point spread. I'm stunned that the number was only 10 and a half. They feel like they could not be further apart. And they feel like this is not going to get closer anytime soon, as long as Andy Reid and as long as Patrick Mahomes are in Kansas City. It almost feels like a fool's errand for Sean Payton. Well, I mean, let's if we assume that Kansas City is capable of maintaining, right? You've got head coach Andy Reid, you've got quarterback Patrick Mahomes. You keep those two together, you keep them healthy, you keep doing what you're doing. Kansas City should be formidable over the next three, five, eight, maybe even ten years. So if we assume there isn't some drastic change in events as to what's happening with the Kansas City side of the equation, we can turn ourselves to Denver. And we can ask, are you closer to Kansas City this year than you were last year and where will you be in three years and where will you be in five years right now it feels like they're further away I mean you have a defense that last year was giving up 21 points per game five yards per play this year that defense is giving up 36 points per game seven yards per play it's the worst in the business okay how is your offense doing well it's taking a step forward which is good news but when we're talking three to five years what's the story with Russell Wilson if we believe Wilson isn't going to be back with the Broncos next year, then we get, or, or at least in two to three years, then we find ourselves in a situation where you not only have a bad defense, you also have major question marks about who the future quarterback's going to be. And if you don't have the quarterback situation resolved and the defense is terrible, you're not, you're not even close to competing. We're not talking about closing gaps here. We're talking about you not even being a part of a conversation, Carlin. Well, that's what it feels like right now. There's not even like, does any, I mean, I, not to be disrespectful to the game itself and I get it. We have to play it. It's not on paper, all that stuff. Does anybody in this country right now have any feel that the Denver Broncos are going to win this game tonight? No. Does, does anybody feel like they are anywhere close to where the Kansas city chiefs are, or that that gap is getting closed anytime soon? Like what right now, am I supposed to believe that Sean Payton is still capable of doing this. Like, the further we get away from it, and I give you credit, you've been one of the first to the party on this one. The further we get away from it, the more we maybe are starting to realize that this had a lot more to do with Drew Brees than it had to do with Sean Payton. And maybe Sean Payton is just not that level of coach when we see exactly what he's able to do in helping Russell Wilson. You look at Wilson's numbers, they're better. They're, they're, they look at Wilson's numbers, they're comparable to Patrick Mahomes, but they are still worlds apart, and it's not just based on everything they've done. I, I just, I'm having trouble right now trying to, A, not only find somebody to root for between these two, because I think they're both impossible to root for, but B, find out where the actual answer is for the Denver Broncos, because the amount of money that they and resources that they have spent between these two individuals, like we're setting back a franchise for a decade if this doesn't somehow work in the next year or two. 
Oh, without question. Without question. And we're seeing this in New England. Brady leaves. Belichick yep. now has to figure things out. It's not going well. And we're Drew, questioning how great Belichick is. Exactly. And with Sean Payton, you know, anytime you're going to have Hall of Fame quarterback play, you're going to look good. It's not to say you weren't good as a head coach. That's not, the, that's not what we're implying here. It's just when you have a coach that's able to get a lot out of a little, that's when we understand. Okay, let me skip. Let's just skip to the example. Mike McDaniel with Tua Tungavailoa. It's a very easy cut and dry example to understand. We saw Tua playing without Mike McDaniel as his head coach. Now we're seeing Tua play with Mike McDaniel as his head coach. It's very clear that he didn't play well with the previous regime, and he's playing extremely well with the current regime. Ipso facto, coaching, right? McDaniel gets a lot of credit for that. When you see a guy take the next step, like we saw Jared Goff go from Jeff Fisher to Sean McVay, that is a coaching indicator. Right now, as you take the quarterback away from Peyton, what have we seen? Teams haven't been that great. Well, a lot of teams are going to struggle if they don't have good quarterback play. But we thought Sean Peyton coming out of retirement, taking this deal in Denver, we thought he was going to build up Russell Wilson. And the thing is, he has. That was our big question all offseason. Can you rekindle? Can you rebuild Russell Wilson? You're getting much better results this year. You're just not getting results in the win column because the defense is absolutely horrific. And in a lot of these close games, you're finding ways to lose. Like that Raider game at the beginning of the season, the defense did its job. It gave up 17 points. They lost. Since then, the defense hasn't done its job. And the offense, it doesn't matter how good they are. They're not able to get the job done. So I, it feels like you're going to need this one year to get the lay of the land. Then you're going to need to make a change at quarterback. Then you're going to need to start building it up elsewhere. Three years, maybe they've got something. But I don't think Denver is going to be competitive at the current moment uh, anytime in the very near future. It feels like they need a lot of work. I mean, Field Yates is reporting that they're getting ready to move on from Frank Clark. They just signed him in the offseason to be their premier pass rusher. It looks like they've restructured the deal and they're getting ready to either trade or release him. That's not a good sign five games into the season for a defense that ranks dead last in the NFL. It's, that's, that's unconscionable. And by the way, Sean, that was your idea. You wanted Frank Clark there right. to help and you're ready to move on from him that quickly. You know, one last thing too here. The idea of being a jerk that's easy to pull off when things are going great. Sean Payton has not been a great guy this year. I think we could agree on that. And that does not necessarily help you when you are trying to curry favor with a fan base that doesn't see a whole lot of positivity. Listen to Greeny on this topic earlier this week. It was a really unclassy way to handle everything. Nathaniel Hackett said last week that he never heard from Sean Payton after that whole episode. I'm really disappointed in that. There's just a way that people should conduct themselves who are in these kinds of positions. There was just a classy way to say that, and that wasn't it. So that disappointed me for a person who's been around and has accomplished as much as he had. Yeah, listen, it, it's a little thing, but people take notice of that kind of stuff. Employers take notice of that kind of stuff. And let's call it what it is. The people who own Walmart have a lot of money. <laughs> Otherwise, they would not have bought the Denver Broncos. So I really do wonder if Peyton is going to be given, not that they're getting rid of him anytime soon, but it was such an assumption that he was going to have a lot more leeway than Russell Wilson would, and he may still, but like that runway might be shortening a bit with everything that's going on there. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. We are just getting started. Peter King, 
He, of course, of Football Morning in America, NBC Sports, is going to join us in 15 minutes to talk about the situation with Sean Payton in Denver, Kirk Cousins, and where he might be headed, and what is that situation in New England with the head coach and the owner? That is all on the way. Up next, we mentioned Kirk Cousins. And the idea of him potentially being traded here before the deadline coming up. He finally speaks on the topic, and Joe is going to tell you why Kirk should want to stay right where he is in Minnesota. Carlin versus Joe. All right, I've gotten situated here. Technical issues hopefully out of the way on my part. <laughs> yes. I don't know if you you can tell this by looking at me or by listening to me over the last 15 minutes before we went on the air. I don't handle change well. No. I, I don't handle chaos well. I'm not the guy that you want with you in the middle of a chaotic situation. Okay. Because chances are I am just going to surrender at any point. And that, that's kind of what it felt like I almost did right before the show. Oh, okay. Well, you know, standing here, I can assure you that there was never a thought in my mind that if the apocalypse was coming, you were the guy I was turning to. All I right. figured you and I were both going down together. Good to know. <laughs> Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Carlin versus Joe. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. We're back. We're back in business. Phil's delivering a big way for us yesterday. So pizza money on yesterday's show, 2-0, up two units. Overall is a show, 35 wins, 30 defeats, one draw. We are up 1.22 units. It's not great, but it's better than being in the red. Here we go. Thursday night football. Yuck. Hold your nose, and I understand if none of you want to join me here, but it's going to be the Denver Broncos plus 10.5 against the oh Kansas City Chiefs. What are you All doing? Right. Here's, what, here's what we're doing. Just hear me out, and then you can tell me what you think about it. The back door is wide open in this game. 
wide open when you're trying to lay 10 and a half points. We could be down 17 late. We get a garbage time touchdown. We're in. Okay. And the reason I say that is Kansas city is not about blowing you out. Like Miami is Kansas city. This season ranks 27th in the NFL in second half scoring. They rank 31st in the NFL in fourth quarter scoring. They get a lead on you. They run the ball. They kill the clock and they get the hell out of there. Four of their five games have been decided by eight or fewer points. In addition to that, as a double-digit favorite over their last eight games like they are tonight, they've only covered two point spreads. So this is a team that they win quite a bit. They don't cover a lot. They don't cover a lot as a huge favorite. They haven't covered well as a huge favorite as of late. On top of that, Denver is a top 10 scoring offense, top 10 in offensive yards per play. And then keep the weather in mind here. We could have some wind, which could affect the passing attack. Hold your nose. Pizza money number one. Broncos plus 10 and a half over the Chiefs. I have to tell you, like I'm at the beginning there, I was like, dear God, no, Joe, don't do it. And once again, you came at me with facts, which is just not what I'm looking for. Minnesota's Justin Jefferson landing on injured reserve with a hamstring injury. That move will keep him out the next four games at minimum. The only reason that I could have seen the Vikings keeping Kirk Cousins is because you want to keep Justin Jefferson happy. Now you ain't got to worry about that. I'm really of the opinion that we're not going to see Justin Jefferson anytime soon because he hasn't gotten his contract yet. And, Joe, I don't think there's a reason for Justin Jefferson to come back before he is absolutely 100%. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. So with that in mind, I'm not going to be surprised if we are looking at Justin Jefferson missing a lot longer just because he needs to take his time. And that leads us to where we're headed for Kirk Cousins. And I am blown away, blown away by your take on what Cousins needs to do here. Yeah. So do we want to go with the audio first when he was asked about the no trade clause? Because we have a situation here where he's been discussing this and we've been discussing this on the show since pretty much as soon as Aaron Rodgers went down. Minnesota wasn't going to be formidable this year. We pitched the idea of trading cousins to the Jets. Here we are entering week six. It doesn't look like anything's going to happen, although people continue to talk to cousins about this. Yeah. Here it is. Kirk, is there any scenario where you would waive your no-trade clause before the trade deadline? You know, I'm just very focused on the Bears and going 1-0 this week, and anything else is just not worth my time or energy or attention. Not worth my time or energy or attention. So it's not a yes and it's not a no in what he's saying. He's just not going to address any of it anytime soon. But that conversation's going to happen, Joe. Yeah, it's going to happen. And when you look at where he could go or what would be best for him as a free agent, we talked about this this morning off air. I I think the best thing for Cousins is to stay put. Stay in Minnesota. I think if you're in Minnesota and Jefferson's hurt and the season's lost, eh, how much blame is he going to take? It's not like they have a great defense. A lot of people projected a regression coming. You lose your star wide receiver. People understand. It's not like all of a sudden people are going to downgrade Kirk Cousins' value. They have a viewpoint of him. If this season goes on the way it's been going, I don't think anyone's going to say, wow, look at how awful Kirk Cousins is. You lost Justin Jefferson. A lot of good quarterbacks would probably watch their numbers fall off and their wins fall off, especially when it was expected based on last season. They were losing before Jefferson got hurt. So if he goes to, say, the Jets or Atlanta, 
and he's playing for a free agent deal, now there's expectations, right? If he's with the Jets, suddenly we're all of the mindset that this should be a playoff team and they might be able to make some noise in the playoffs. So what if they backdoor their way in? What if they somehow stumble into a wild card spot and then here we go, Kirk Cousins in prime time once again with the ball late, can't find a way to win the game. All that's going to do is further the narrative that he can't win big games. We're not talking about that right now because he's in Minnesota. He's not going to play any big games the rest of the year. But if he goes to a place like the Jets or Atlanta who might fight for a playoff spot and he doesn't come up big, that I think could hurt him more than staying in Minnesota. See, I don't buy that. I I, I don't buy that. I think people are going to look at it as if Kirk Cousins got traded to uh, a situation that, quite frankly, found the ship sinking. And if he wasn't able to acclimate himself quickly enough, even with a bye week, if it's the Jets, if they made a deal after this week, nobody's going to look at Kirk Cousins and say, eh, I'm not paying that guy. I don't think that's how they're going to approach it. They're going to, there's more to be gained there, Joe, by going somewhere else and potentially lifting up a team that had high aspirations, but because the quarterback situation has gotten to be what it is, he brings, for instance, Kirk Cousins brings the Jets to the playoffs. That goes a long way for him. I don't think that Kirk Cousins walks in the door and the Jets are still going to be at the level that we expect them to be right now, which, I mean, what's fair right now? We expect the Jets to win seven games again? Yeah, probably. you're probably going to be sitting maybe right around there. As you play some of these inferior teams after the bye, you should be able to do what you did with Denver. Every now and again, you're going to win a close one. Every now and again, you're going to lose a close one. See, I think people will will absolutely evaluate Kirk Cousins in a very fair way based on everything he's accomplished and based on the situation that he's going into trying to make something happen. Now, if he's going to stay in Minnesota and ride it out, let me ask you this question. He's got an opportunity to go to a situation where you can win. You don't have Justin Jefferson for a while. They're not winning a damn thing this season. What does that say about Kirk Cousins? Interesting. Just on the flip side, if I'm evaluating him as a competitor when I'm thinking about signing him next offseason, what does that say about him? Do I want that guy who, you know what, I'm good who passed on a chance to go somewhere else to win at this juncture of his career when he's never won anything. That, to me, would be more of a red flag here. I guess what you would want to get to the bottom of would be the intention for why he wouldn't want to go somewhere. If he's good with the money and he's not necessarily going out there to compete, I don't want to compare him to James Harden, but that's kind of what James Harden is, at least in my opinion. It's not all about championships. It's about getting the most money you can and, you know, playing some basketball and doing it your way. Not necessarily buying into the team concept about let's go out there and win a championship. Um, If that's what it is, then, yeah, to your point, I think that would be a bit alarming because what you want are the, the ultra competitors like Brady who just can't sleep at night because they may have lost that game because they might not have every edge imaginable. However, I could see a situation where Cousins is a family guy. I mean, we learned a lot about him through that Netflix series. He's got a handful of kids. He's Mm -hmm. married. Maybe they're settled in. Maybe he doesn't want to uproot them, right? Like, to us, we look at these guys, and it's like, oh, what's the big deal? You can fly wherever. You can fly private. You have tons of money. He might not want to go to another city and uproot his kids in the middle of the school year. Uh, He might not be in a situation where he goes to play somewhere else, keeps his kids in Minnesota, and then doesn't get a chance to see him. That could be a big deal, and I think that would be more understanding than to to a lot of teams than the idea that he just doesn't want to compete. 
Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance, fall into a hiring spree with Indeed. Their end-to-end hiring solution makes it easy to attract, interview, and hire candidates. Sponsor a job, instantly receive a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. On this topic, we get insight from one of the foremost insiders around the National Football League. Next on ESPN Radio. Today on Carlin versus Joe, with the division series coming to a close, three-time World Series champion David Ortiz joins the guys to look ahead to the league championship series. David Ortiz does it again. David Ortiz with Carlin versus Joe today at two twenty Eastern on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Trade deadline coming up in a couple of weeks. There's always a lot of talk around it, but it it's heated up in the NFL over the last several years, and there's a big name in the, as a possibility this year. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Peter King, Football Morning in America, NBC Sports. He joins us right now, always giving you the best insights. So, Peter, let's let's start there with Kirk Cousins. You know this name has popped up quite a bit, especially since Aaron Rodgers went down. Not just the Jets, but anybody. What is your read on Kirk Cousins with everything going on in Minnesota, Justin Jefferson's injury, him potentially agreeing to be moved before the deadline? Well, Chris, I think that's going to be one of the big questions around the NFL in the in the upcoming uh, two weeks. Um, and I think it's most interesting because the Vikings left open the thought in the off season by not signing him to a long-term deal. They left open the possibility that he wouldn't be back in 2024. And I do think that if the Vikings continue to go down the wrong path, which they are, I mean, they got the 49ers coming to town, not this week, but next week, um, if they continue to go down the wrong path and they get a good offer and Cousins agrees to go, I wouldn't be surprised if he were traded. I think the big question is, where would he go? And the the other the, the bigger the biggest question is, you know, George Young, the old general manager of the New York Giants, 
uh, used to say, I covered him a hundred years ago, and he used to talk about trades and free agency like, hey, this isn't like baseball where you can trade a second baseman and you can just plug him into the lineup that night. You know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of complex terminology and things you have to learn. It's like a different language when you go from one team to another. That would be the thing that would be the biggest concern, at least in my mind. If you're gonna if you're gonna trade for Kirk Cousins, which means you'd have to trade something of value, whatever that would be. Let's say a second round pick, third round pick, what, whatever it is. You have to be convinced that you can put together an offense where Kirk Cousins can have some immediate impact on your team. And so those are the things I think that anybody looking to acquire Kirk Cousins would have to ask themselves, you know, are we going to be able to get this guy right away to, are we going to be able to get him to uh, be very proficient in our offense early on? And that's, a difficult thing. A lot of conversations surrounding the New England Patriots and head coach Bill Belichick, what the future may hold. You had an awesome nugget in your column. Uh, Belichick has coached 499 career games. In game 498, he absorbed the worst loss of his career. In game 499, he absorbed the second worst loss of his career. Where do you think New England and Belichick are headed at the end of this season? Well, Joe, I think one of the things that Robert Kraft, although Robert Kraft has great regard <clears throat> for what's happened uh, to the Patriots in the last 23 years with Bill Belichick, I don't consider that Robert Kraft believes that anybody in his organization, including the great Bill Belichick, has a job for life. Um, and so I think if this year is a debacle, that Robert Kraft would consider making a change. Now, how much he would consider it, I don't know. I think there's a lot of people who who right now are saying, oh, yeah, he, he definitely would fire him or he wouldn't fire him or they will have some meeting of the minds and, you know, agree to part ways or something. I don't – the problem is I don't think anybody knows because Robert Kraft doesn't exactly open up to people, to other owners, you know, to other people around the league and say, here's what I'm thinking of. I think he talks to his son, Jonathan, and I don't know that he talks to many other people at all about what his plans are. But, Joe, I do believe that Robert Kraft, although he is very, very, uh, will always feel indebted to Bill Belichick, I don't think that he feels like uh, Bill Belichick's got a job for life. If this year is a debacle, I I won't be surprised if he considers making a change. Peter King, Football Morning in America, NBC Sports with us. It is a must-read every single Monday morning. Peter, um, let's just say that they do move on this offseason, however it goes down. Is there any – well – how would you rate the chances that Belichick might actually go coach somewhere else? Oh, I think he would probably want to. I mean, Bill Belichick is, you know, a very young, what is he, 71 now? He's a very young 71. You don't see any sign that, you know, he's looking creaky, he's looking very old. 
Um, to me, he's 71. I think he's 71. He's 71 going on 58. And so I'd actually be a little bit surprised if he, if he at the end of this year, if he leaves New England, if he wouldn't coach again. I mean, I think he still loves doing it. I think, Chris, I, if I were looking, if I, if I were one of these teams that at the end of the year, if I'm, let's say, the Chicago Bears, even though I think Chicago would very likely want uh, an offensive guy, but but whoever, if I'm interested in talking to Bill Belichick, I would just be very honest with him. And I would say, hey, listen, you have been at best a mediocre drafter and acquirer of talent in the last few years. And that's being kind. Um, this roster is run down. It's not a great roster. So I would not want Bill Belichick to come in and be the general manager of my team. Now, maybe he would only do it if he could run the personnel side. That's one thing. Second thing is I would want him to come in acknowledging that I have to get a first-class strong offensive coordinator on my team. So, I, you know, let's talk about who your coaching staff would be. I think, you know, Bill Cower used to say this like two or three years after he was done coaching the Pittsburgh Steelers. Everybody said, hey, is this the year that Cower comes back? I remember asking Cower one time, and he goes, listen, he goes, all my coaches, all the guys on my staff, we're all out, you know, with other staffs or, 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 you know, at different places. So part of going back, if you're Bill Belichick, is who would you hire on your coaching staff? You know, so I think those are the kind of things that would be difficult. It wouldn't stand in the way of me wanting Bill Belichick to coach my team. But I would not be handing over the keys to everything to Bill Belichick. And he might want the keys to everything. Okay, last one on this, Peter. I have floated this theory out there over the last two days. And uh, as well as I know you, I want you to feel free to go skeet shooting on this one, okay? <laughs> yeah. Next week, Mike Vrabel is getting into the Patriots Hall of Fame, and he's going to be in New England. He feels like a natural-type successor, although he's got time yeah. left on his contract, Am I out of my trees to believe that that's probably the first call that Robert Kraft would make? Well, it might be, Chris, and I think that's a very interesting candidate. I mean, if he were on the street, I bet Robert Kraft would want him yesterday uh, if he decides to make a change. But the problem is, if you are the Tennessee Titans and you look and see in recent years or in recent several years, I mean, coaches that are under contract to a team, in essence, are worth a lot now. Yeah. I mean, you look what happened with Sean Payton now. Are you, is Robert Kraft willing to pay a one to the Tennessee Titans? And are the Tennessee Titans willing to allow Mike Vrabel to walk? you know, at the end of this season, if indeed Robert Kraft comes calling. So you have to ask yourself, especially if you're the Patriots, there's a good chance you're going to have a top 10 pick. 
even if you say we'll give you our one in 2025, that could still be a very high pick. So, again, I think that's that's tough because you want that first-round pick to be able to start to replenish the talent deficit that you have right now because you haven't drafted or gone done very well in free agency lately. Sometimes I get out there, Peter, and I need you to bring me back to reality. So I appreciate it. <laughs> well, I, you might, Chris, you know what? You might be right. And all right, Robert good. That's Kraft all I needed. paid a lot for Bill Belichick, so who knows? You don't know. That's, a, don't that's know. good. That's all I needed. Okay, so I'm right. Thanks, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. You're the best. It's Peter King, Football Morning in America, NBC Sports. Every Monday morning, I am locked in on that column, and it is a great 10 to 15-minute read. You get everything you need from the football weekend. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Boy, we are seeing something special in Philadelphia right now. Do we have a new face of baseball? That is next. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Swing and a drive. Right field. Way. Back, back some more near the wall. Gone! Just to the left of the 401 marker, a towering homer to center field, and Bryce Harper has done it again. Was there any motivation? Anytime anybody says something, right? That's what it's all about. You enjoy staring him down. Yeah, I mean, I stared right at him. I love everything about that. I love everything about that. I love Boog's call. That's Boog Shambi on ESPN Radio with two tremendous calls. I love the king, Howard Eskin, in there asking the questions of Harper. And I love Bryce Harper. I I, I got to tell you, Joe, like Bryce Harper always just struck me when he first went to Philadelphia as this is just a mercenary who went someplace to get as most money as he could. And he never I never felt like anybody had a real connection to what Bryce Harper was. And maybe that's just because I didn't pay close enough attention to the intricacies of his relationships in in, uh, in Washington. I can't get over the fact that he was in that mode, you know, Boris guy, all that kind of stuff. And he goes there and nobody symbolizes that town more right now than Bryce Harper. No. The, They absolutely love him in every way from the fact that he just goes down and talks about how he listens to WIP on the way to the ballpark to everything that he does to ingratiate himself. Like he loves the culture of that town and these postseason moments that he's having like (laughs) Bryce Harper's bigger in Philadelphia than Mike Trout. And that's saying something because Mike Trout is from about a half hour outside of Philly and is at every Eagles game during the offseason. You played a clip from Bryce Harper, and that's more than I've heard from Mike Trout in 10 years. 
I, yep. I just I don't know what he sounds like. I don't know anything about the guy, really. I am a born and raised Phillies fan, and I'm at a crossroads here because I'm at a point. I was telling my wife this. She didn't care to hear it, but I was still telling her anyway. Um, I, I think Harper's <laughs> my favorite Philly of all time right now. And that's saying something because I came up with the Phils in the 90s with Dutch Dalton and Lenny Dykstra and Pete Incavilia and Mickey Morandini and all those guys. And then on top of that, like the Chase Utley, Ryan Howard, Jimmy Rollins triumvirate, Cole Hamels, everything that squad brought to the table. Those were my guys. Like I have loved those guys forever. Jimmy Rollins has been my guy forever. And Harper was not a born and raised Philadelphia Philly. Right, He came in as a free agent. Those other guys all came up in the system. Rollins, Howard, Utley, every single one of them. And I'm now at a point where I think Harper's my absolute favorite because of just all of it. Everything he does, delivering in the clutch, leadership, swagger. Every time he's at the dish, I have six and four-year-old boys. Every time he's at the dish, I, I make sure they're watching. And I try to tell him because we live here in Las Vegas. You know, Bryce Harper's from here. Here comes Harper. And you know what's amazing in baseball where hitting 300 is considered incredible? I bring them to the TV all the time. He's hitting home runs all the time. It's yeah. almost like I look like a genius. Every time I bring him to the TV, they're getting a huge moment. I'm like, this isn't normal that this guy constantly delivers like this. And then there were the comments from Orlando Arcia, the Braves <laughs> shortstop, that were in the clubhouse after the game where Harper got doubled off at the end of game two. And he was basically jumping around like, ah, how about that, Harper? How about that, right? And Harper is staring him down twice as he's rounding the bases after both of his home runs. Here's Bryce after the game on that very topic. Was there any motivation? I mean, anytime anybody says something, right? I mean, that's what it's all about. Did you enjoy staring him down? Yeah, I mean, I stared right at him. <laughs> twice. Couldn't get enough. And on the flip side, I cannot take, I cannot take Travis Darnot the Braves catcher with this garbage. Orlando's a great person. I mean, he was he was joking around, but it screws all the other reporters and everybody who, who comes in here and has been great with us all year, and we feel like this is a sanctuary where we come to work every day and, and try to have fun, and, and when things get out, which I'm sure other teams say things as well, it, it's not a good feeling, and it makes nobody wants to be in the clubhouse for, for all the people that are good people. Uh, Travis, shut up. Just shut up. I mean, he absolutely lit you up just because one little comment gets out there and a competitor like Harper is going to take that and run with it. Harper's got that Jordan in him, right? Harper's got the, I'm going to stick it to you. If you're going to come after me, let's make it personal. And Travis Darno is there talking about the sanctity of the clubhouse. There's a reporter in the clubhouse. I'm sorry. It's fair game. It's fair game. There's a reporter in the clubhouse. When that's the case, it doesn't matter. Your, your sanctity goes out the window at that point. Who's supposed to cover up for you when your teammate makes a dumb comment in front of other people? Well, you know what? If, if RC is just having fun and they're mocking Harper after, I'm all good with that. I love the fact that this is a rivalry. I love the fact that when Harper made that mistake and the Braves came back to win, they had fun with it. Go well, ahead. I, I, no problem with them going back and forth. Exactly. It's just don't talk to me about how it's out of line for that comment to get out. No, and that's what I'm getting at. Because the, the start of this is fantastic, but let's remember, the Braves came back to beat the Phils in Game 2 on Monday. Those comments happen in the clubhouse Monday night and then get out. 
Now, at no point was Darno talking about that being an issue on Monday. Then Tuesday, there's an off day as they travel to Philadelphia. At no point during Tuesday is Darno expressing how it's an issue that those comments got out and the sanctity of the clubhouse. Then you had all Wednesday morning and early afternoon before the game. And again, Darno chose chooses not to speak. Then Harper sticks it to you. Now, all of a sudden, it's a problem. It's just sour grapes. It's the Braves being babies. What they should be doing is saying, look, we talked. He played great. We're on the game four. We have to focus on survival. Instead, they want to focus on the comments. As a Phillies fan, good. Focus on the comments. Focus on the reporters. We're going to tag you up today, and we're going to the NLCS. It has become one of the most difficult places to play in baseball, and I can't remember a team having this level of home field advantage in the last 10 to 12 years. Oh, other than what the Phillies the have had. It is beautiful. It is absolutely off the charts. And coverage of game four of the NLDS between the Phillies and the Braves, 7.30 on ESPN Radio. It's Boog. It's Doug Glanville. Oh, you better be there. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 